1: welcome into the chgo blackhawks podcast presented by goose island the official beer of chgo find one of their locations at gooseisland.com slash locations good morning Happy first round pick day. Can't say the name because we have Blackhawks employees with us. If if you look at your screen, you see Danny Wertz, the CEO, and Jamie Faulkner, the Blackhawks president of business operations. Kind of a quick turnaround here. Thanks for coming here. We appreciate it. I hope you're impressed by our – by our airbnb it's very impressive i love it
0: it's scrappy it's good it gets the job done
1: <laughs> scrappy awesome. is the word that's it's, right it's a fourth
0: line yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: a grinder of <laughs> that's yeah. right uh well, thanks thank you again for being here and and i it just it's such an exciting day and and what is the last you know what month and a half been like since since that card flipped over
0: yeah i mean it's been just unbelievable the energy, the excitement, building—it seems by the day—as um, we get more and more uh, feedback from our fans, from our partners, and just you can feel the anticipation, you know, in the city. And I think tonight is going to be just incredible, both here in Nashville and back in Chicago.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome. Even our employees, like it's great to see our fans be super excited. But to see our employees oh. coming, the energy in the office has completely shifted. I mean, it's a fun place to work. Mm-hmm. They had a good time before, but I think everybody now is like floating when they come into the office.
1: We talked to Mike Donahue a couple, maybe a week or so after uh, you found out what the pick was. And he described that moment of being at the draft party and then kind of having to leave the room to celebrate, like trying to maintain some uh, professionalism. But that was the thing when it happened. We had the immediate reaction of this is so great for the Blackhawks team. And it's like, wow, it's so great for us and everybody in the organization. Then we're finding out all these season tickets are being sold. And the ripple effects of something like this, it's just, it's, it's immeasurable.
0: Absolutely. I mean, even just casual conversations, like we're, we're back in that conversation up and down the street. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you run into someone and talk, we're talking hockey again. And it's just great. It just shows like how dedicated this fan base is. I don't think anybody went anywhere. It just needs a little injection. Mm-hmm. And I think this draft in particular is an injection of energy to to really get everyone fired up again. And then, you know, I think the potential of what this does for the next generation, because it's, um, you know, I got some young kids and a lot of us have young kids who maybe weren't growing up in that era. This, that group is all Reinvigorated and invigorated for the first time, so it's uh, exciting times.
3: We got to talk to you guys right before opening night. The last time we we got together, mm-hmm. and last season was kind of like a season of goodbyes. We had to say you know goodbye to some legends of here and and some popular players that weren't here for that long. And now it's like we're here to say hello to the new face of the franchise, to some hopefully another new core as getting built. How is that? Attitude changed overall in the organization from opening night to right now, a very special day.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's an inevitability to sort of closing chapters. You know you know, you have to do it at some point. And sometimes the gap between the next era, can it can be decades. Um, we've seen that. Um, but the fact that we sort of had this sort of closing of the chapter and saying goodbye to some legends while also having such a bright future, accentuated by this draft, it's a real blessing that these things are coming much closer together. So I think we can still honor respect and just have that last era on the shelf and also still be really excited about the future and not have it be, you know, we're dragging this out a long time. The goodbyes are lasting into many seasons and, you know, woe is me. I think we're actually going to, I think everyone's now back looking at the future, which is, we're very fortunate.
2: Yeah. And I think from a fan perspective, We've been planning for some of this stuff. They're then experiencing it last year. Well, we're planning for even last year's draft class, like a really super exciting group of kids coming up and Frank and Kevin and getting to work with them. And so we're even super excited to get to finally introduce them Mm -hmm. as well. So we've been bubbling with excitement, even with some of the chapter closing that we did last year. Um, And now we're finally getting to like get everybody out there. And we're super excited about that. There's a lot, I think, for the fans to be excited about not just this draft class, last draft class, things that are coming up that we can't wait to introduce everybody to.
0: Well, I, for, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and just and then underlining, I think, last season was starting to see a coaching staff really build that identity and culture. So, you know, the players are going to start to come into the system, but we got to see what this type of coaching can really get out of players, and that's really exciting for fans too. So I think the combination of this youth movement that's coming, the foundation built by our coaching staff – I mean, I think it gives fans a lot to be excited about. I'm glad
1: you mentioned that because Luke Richardson is a home run. And anytime you hire a coach that's never done it, you know, full-time at the highest level, it's, it's a bit of a risk, but from day one, he was impressive from the press conference inside. Uh, I still call it Hawk quarters because I'm old <laughs> uh, with the Blackhawk store um, to, you know, preseason. He's always so level-headed. You can tell, even though he's an old school player, he has a new coaching mindset And that team competed every night. And I think when we looked at what the expectations of last year were going to be, it's like, okay, it's going to be a rough season. There's going to be a lot of losses. But I don't recall, maybe aside from a handful of games, where we came on after a game feeling frustrated, like the team had underachieved or underperformed. And that is a testament to what Luke Richardson did with this team. And I think the the fan opinion has been kind of unanimous towards Luke, too. And I can't wait to see now what he does as today's pick joins the team, and all these other picks start to come. It's really you can start to project three, four, five years down the road with this guy at the helm. This team's going to make some noise, and and he's he's been wonderful.
0: Yeah, it starts at the top, and you really have to have that kind of um, leader, you know, behind the bench to to get it right. And you're you're totally right. I mean, he's you know, without gushing too much. He's an incredible human, you know, first and foremost, Um, an amazing career, so much respect. I mean, we're just joking, like he probably knows every single person here in Nashville associated with the NHL because of his playing career and because of his relationships. He's so respected in this league. And um, I think that's going to go such a long way in crafting this next team. Um, And I think our fans saw, I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to see coaching, you know, for the average fan, but I think the fact that they saw that effort every night. Our fans saw what this kind of coaching can do. Um, Considering that we had one of the worst records in the league, no one talked about coaching as one of the issues at all. I mean, that's rare that usually Mm -hmm. the coach is the first one to be thrown into the fire. In fact, he was on a pedestal last year, I think, with the fan base. So a testament to our fans for recognizing that effort and for the kind of coach that he is.
3: Yeah, our our post-game chatter, (laughs) early in the season, a lot of like, well, let's wait and see on – on on this new guy, by Thanksgiving, yeah. everybody was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we found our guy. We we'd our had guy. losing
0: streaks, and it was never about the coach, which is, I mean, how many times has that happened? Right? <laughs> right? You know? Yeah.
1: And he's just so – what's refreshing, too, about him is, from a media standpoint, is you ask him a question about strategy, and instead of him saying, we got to go to the net and get pucks through, he gives you an <laughs> answer of, well, here is specifically why this didn't work that is so refreshing and it's been so great. I know I want, I want to focus a little more on tonight. I know uh, we're all down here in Nashville, but a lot of our fans watching in Chicago are going to the salt shed tonight for the draft party. What can they expect? I'm sure there's some surprises you don't want to reveal just yet.
2: Well, hopefully not, not bad air quality. Yeah. Well, yeah the true. air is crazy right <laughs> yeah, now yeah. back there. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's interesting. We wanted to pick a large location. We wanted to have families be able to come early, have a lot of activations for kids. Um, people come after work from the city. I think we did not anticipate the demand we would have for the event. Um, So we went out with our ticket link on Friday at four and by six o'clock, we were on the phone. Like we're going to have to start capping this. How much capacity can we really have? What do we think the show rate will really be? Um, Do we need to have another screen outdoors? So we were really pleased with the the demand to be there. Similar to here in Nashville, quite honestly, we have a lot of fans traveling down for the party here today and for the draft. Um, But there's going to be activations for kids outside. We've got a lot of alumni showing up. Um, Great music. Great food. It's just going to be a lot of fun. We'll have retail there. The jerseys for our first pick will be on sale Soon as the name is announced, so we'll have a lot of stuff there. So,
3: how do you prepare for that if if the pick isn't uh, confirmed yet? <laughs> Can I just
2: say that the posting? <laughs> There's
0: a fanatics barge that goes on the on the river. It might just stop drops by. Her yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Kyle won't tell us who you got.
0: <laughs> He's told
3: you guys. Yeah.
2: I will say your um, your gift that you used of the two people at the sewing machine. Oh yeah, the three <laughs> There three amigos, might be yeah. some truth in that. To what it looks like behind the yeah, scenes in Short, Chicago right Jones. now. So yeah. <laughs>
1: That's what an awesome scene from three Mm amigos, just a classic. Um, I want to talk about Darren Pang as well. I mean, we've got so much to talk about. It's a little time to do it. I want to make sure we get to everything, but, uh, what a great hire. And we talked to him last week. And I think as you, we talk about the development of Chris Vosters as a play by play voice. I don't think you could have, if you just had every broadcaster available, I don't know if you could have made a better pick for, for Chris.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he, he is an absolute pro, um, so respected in the league. I think such a passionate force on, on the air. I think he's going to be terrific, you know, for our fans and our broadcasts. And you're right. He's going to be a great partner to Chris Foster's who um, we're really excited about. You know, it seems like he gets better with each game. You know, he's a, he's a prospect for us as well. Mm -hmm. You know, he is developing. It's very hard to jump into play by play in particular and just be brilliant day one. If we had the tapes of Pat, I don't think he was perfect day one either. So I think the fact that you have this really nice tandem that you know I think will be very positive. They'll be very energetic and they'll feed off each other, and then they'll build relationships. I, mean, I think these broadcasting roles are built over time. Those duos that have that chemistry that we all know and love—it doesn't doesn't happen day one. They have to go on the road for a couple seasons together. They got to be at meals together. Um, they got to watch a lot of hockey together, and I think that's going to be really exciting to see them start to mesh together. But but hangers the best. Oh. Well,
3: it was sad to see, you know, Patrick Sharp go because it, you know, it seemed like he was really fitting into to that role. And um, you also see Colby uh, Cohen, leaving the broadcast as well. Is there any plans for any additions to the, to the broadcast that, you know, might be new this year or anyone that's, you know, been familiar with the broadcast that might be coming back Is there any plans like that to, to kind of fill those roles?
2: Yeah. So I think we're going to keep the two booths set with uh, John and Troy and then Chris and Panger, just so they can, Chris and Panger can start to develop chemistry, and then throughout the season, we actually are for some of our big games going to bring a third person into the booth, um, and we'll do that based on the game and and who's available. Um, so we plan to do that. But the studio we're spending a lot of time on, um, the goal is going to be that we start to bring back a lot of Blackhawks alumni to sit in the studio and actually talk about the games, but bring them back at the right time. So we have a bunch of if we are going to call up a bunch of prospects to meet in the game, we want to have we have alumni working for us right now in player development. Let's put them in studio because they can talk the best about what's happening. How is this going to impact their development? How long will they be up, et cetera. What what should fans be looking for when they're watching them play? So we're trying to be a lot smarter about how we add to the story um, in studio, as well as making sure that our two teams both on radio and TV are, are tight.
0: Yeah. It's, it's roster construction. It's finding Mm -hmm. the right player in the right role, you know, and sometimes we've gotten, right player but the wrong role and so I think things are starting to settle in and I think what definitely heard from the fans was the importance of having um, that connection to the team the alumni voice uh, in the room on those broadcasts so I think that's a really that's a good addition.
1: Uh, I want to give a chance to address uh, late last year the decision to not wear the pride jerseys uh, and warm-ups and I know we heard from a lot of fans in the community that were upset and heard about that and now we heard from Gary Bettman last week that theme jerseys are just out. They're not happening anymore. I want to give you both a chance to sort of address what the organization is doing for LGBTQ plus um, organizations, the community. What sort of actions is the uh, organization taking with those folks?
0: Yeah, so for us, I think it's, it's always been more than a single activation uh, initiative. It's never been just about Pride Month or Pride any day. It's been 365. So although this month is been has been very active, so was out in the parade on Sunday, I think we got to see the community really come alive. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna do a lot more. Jamie, any you...
2: Yeah, I mean, I the theme nights always were silly to me because it's they're just so performative. If that's all you do, and I think for us as employees, like it feels very fake. So even starting a couple of years ago, before the jerseys became an issue, it was if we're going to be advocates, we need to do that three sixty five. We can't just do that the night of the game. And as we started, or at least me being new and you being new, looking at, well, what did we used to do for Pride? What did we used to do for these, these special, for Black History mm-hmm. night? It used to be a night. We're like, why do we only have to celebrate that one night? We should be celebrating that year-round. How are we really supporting those communities year-round? So we just changed our philosophy even before the jerseys became an issue. The thing I always thought was weird about the jerseys, which they are important because your players are your best assets. Mm-hmm. So the minute they can advertise something for you, that's probably the highest impact you can get, right? But there are probably what a thousand people in our building for the actual warmups, wearing the jer- like watching our players be in jerseys. Um, so it just was crazy how the whole thing got out of control about the narratives around how important jerseys were, how non-important they were. We also had a lot of our players who were frustrated because they'll, they'll, they they'll support all of these causes, mm-hmm. right? But they respect their teammates' desires to not do that. Certainly in our situation, that was different. It wasn't player's choice. It was a different issue. But um, it just got really noisy. And we said, you know what? The league's got to figure this out because they hung the teams out. We feel like they hung a lot of us out because they didn't come in and make a decision and teams were funding for themselves. They were all making different decisions. Everyone was trying to make the best decision for the circumstance that they were in. Um, So we're glad that at least they've now said, hey, focus on getting it right, the advocacy right. They're also going through a jersey change. We're moving from Adidas to Fanatics. Mm -hmm. There were some other things that weren't mentioned in terms of complications of Adidas trying to get rid of all their inventory, not being in a position where they're doing New Jersey's this year as they're transitioning to Fanatics. So there were some business implications, too, to the decision beyond just – um, should we be wearing them or not? Mm. Um, but I'm not too worried about it. And I think I our think work shows in, for itself. Yeah, and
0: I think some of the work is is the most important thing. And if you get close to it, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. So I think it was two weeks ago we had the True Colors Classic at the 5th 3rd. So, you know, led by the Chicago Gay Hockey Association, LGBTQ hockey tournament. Last weekend was breaking barriers, primarily women. So, you know, here you have sort of actual hockey spaces being created and opening for folks in the community contributing, participating. And this is just Chicago based. We think there's a lot of opportunity to expand those tournaments. Uh, Brock McGillis is going to be active at our development camp, right? So actually in the locker room with our players. Like that's really where it matters, mm-hmm. right? Take nothing away from the important things we have to do from a, you know, retail line or whatever, but the, the stuff that matters is in those locker rooms and if we can get the work closer to that, I think that's where change really happens. So, and that's the work that has to happen every day in our halls, in our locker rooms.
3: Well, I, I follow up and, and, and say that, you know, some of the, the charities that benefit from jerseys and, and those initiatives, jerseys being auctioned and, and things like that, not only for Pride Night, but also, you know, Hockey Fights Cancer and yep. all that stuff. That is, I, I'm going to assume that could be something that the Blackhawks will still do Fashion jerseys, it, as it relates it to
0: ra- driving revenue, I'm not worried in the least. We yeah. have a lot of levers to pull. We're a creative group. And, uh, you know, jersey sales was never the end-all be-all for driving contributions to donations. Sure, I yeah. mean. So like anything, it's just we, we reformulate our plan. We build new revenue streams. Maybe it is through tournaments. Maybe it is through other 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 merchandise lines that actually help drive that uh, outside of the, you know, whatever, the 20 jerseys that we make and auction off.
2: Yeah, I think when when that announcement was made, we started getting calls from the USO, from our healthcare partners, who, for them, what was most important is we rely on the funding to help with these initiatives. Will we still be able to do that? And across the board, we're like, don't worry about that. That's not going to be an issue. The work will continue. The support is going to continue. Let's put a lot of positive momentum and focus on that, Um, because we still have a lot more work to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we are doing a lot better, I would say, than probably the franchise was doing pre this new leadership team, but we feel like we're probably at the beginning of the race. There's a lot more that we need to be doing to be better advocates um, across all the things that we care about.
3: Yeah. Uh, and having a lot of conversations with you guys on and off the record, you know, building community are are words that come out a lot. And they're not just buzzwords, but you guys, those are important. And we've got a, a very, those two words coming in a, the fifth, third arena expansion is coming. I know that's a lot of excitement, with that not only, you know, to expand the, the Hawks facilities, but to add a gem to that West Side community. Can you give us an update on Absolutely. how that's going? Yeah,
0: so obviously it's been reported that, you know, we're looking to expand and, and we're working with the city to sort of flush out what those plans look like. But by all means, w- what we've seen with the current Fifth Third Arena is a demand for, for more hockey. I mean, that's, that is across Chicagoland. The sport is growing and there's just not enough rinks. So that's just at the, the highest level. Then you get into accessibility. You get into exposing the sport to new audiences, right? Again, that becomes an issue of locations, ice time, and capacity, which we have to build. Um, so those are those are the core pieces. What we've also learned is the Fifth Third Arena in its current state has value beyond the on-ice programming. That is a, I mean, it's a community center. There are things we can do on and off the ice and programs we can build there that bring the community into that arena. And for those you know, kids that are coming into play that are playing, that are coming from other places. We want that place to feel like the West Side of Chicago. We want to give them an experience that's different than going to a suburban rink. It's uniquely West Side. It's uniquely urban, and we want to celebrate that more. So, those are some of the themes we're building into. We hope to expand and build. Um, you know, with what we started.
1: You got to ask the important question about Fifth Third that you and I are thinking about. There will we, be. We do, do you there, want a there,
2: podcasting studio there? Is that what the question is? I was going well, to that
0: say was not this, it, but I'm yes. Donuts. On the this list. is donuts, <laughs> right? Or donuts and coffee. <laughs> yes. Which one? You're looking at the lead, the lead of the donut committee. I have committee? both? I'm in
2: charge of the donuts and coffee stand. Excellent. I, I will commit here and now that there will be – my goal, is I've told the team – by the time training camp starts and we need a soft open, I'm assuming that you would be willing to come be at the soft I'll open. Cut the ri- I'll <laughs> cut the ribbon. By the time yes. training camp starts, soft we donuts, will I'm in. bring donuts back. We will bring coffee back. In fact, July will be the month of donut tasting for us. So the actual idea that we have, so hopefully you can pull it off, is there are a lot of great small businesses producing incredible donuts that don't have the opportunity to either get the visibility, um, or, or get the ability, you know, similar to some of the work that Levy does for us in the United Center, bringing businesses in that, that can't really work at scale, but we teach them how to do that. So we've identified a bunch of businesses. We've identified a lot of roasters. So that's what we're going to be doing in July. But the goal will be that we'll actually bring in a variety of different donuts every day or each day. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so we can, we'll have great donuts, <laughs> but also expose you guys to like some of the great people in the Chicagoland area. So all right, donuts will be available. That's
3: almost as exciting as yeah. tonight's number one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news here today.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say the podcast studio is a good idea because even for if you don't want us to use it, which is understandable, um, for the NBC crew or whatever to be there in a morning skate and just have a player pop up for. I mean, that's it's easy. We're working it's, on that Steven, right now. Get actually. to work, <laughs> Stephen will build it. He's got it. We're he's trying a, to he's... figure
2: out in the current <laughs> space where can we put a podcast studio because the other thing that's interesting is we have so many fans and families walking through there it is fun to just watch what's going on Mm -hmm. so we're trying to find a location there right now we'll have we will have a permanent one in once we expand but um, we want it to be sort of fishbowl-ish so that
0: very cool you can watch
2: the podcast having you see the player and they're being interviewed but to your point it's so much easier to just be like hey once you're off the ice can you run over and yeah you could just put
3: it between the penalty boxes (laughs) we could see that now you're thinking as long long as it's been
1: fumigated after that guy (laughs) oh my lord that's a different story well it's it's a very exciting day and uh you know i i I, you can you can sense it down here we're seeing i'm gonna say the name you can see people walking down the street in bedar jerseys ready to go um hawks fans just high-fiving each other as they walk down the street uh, it's an energy that I have not felt around this team since 2015, quite frankly. And what's different about that, and I think when you saw us react to the the card being flipped again, was this moment's great, but the best of this moment hasn't even happened yet, right? Like, it's, it's all ahead of all of us. And that is so exciting because you win a cup, and it's wonderful, and you have the parade, and it's over. But here you win this draft lottery, you get this generational talent, and you got 10 hopefully more years of exciting memories to come. Yeah. And that's, that's so thrilling.
0: It's, 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 I, I like to think in these like eras of our team and I'd love to bat that around because I know you guys do such a great job of breaking down the eras. And you think about the last time we picked one, you know, we didn't even know what was ahead of us because we hadn't experienced it in a mm-hmm. really long time. You know, it was the fan base was still so somewhat dormant at the time when that happened. So while that was exciting, it
1: it there just, was no buzz. It,
0: just, it, was, it was exciting because it was like, yeah, that's better than nothing. Yeah. But we were still were drawing 4,000 people a game, right? So it was just a very different time. Fast forward to now. I mean, the fans know what's possible. The fans know what these types of players can do when you build an amazing core. And so that's why I think the buzz is so different and tremendously exciting, because I do think people can, can quickly fast forward to what that actually feels like yeah. when these things pan out.
1: The, the first thing I ever covered in hockey was the Kane draft. Mm-hmm. And I was at the United Center and it was maybe five or six reporters. It was just, it was not really a story because the Hawks were not not relevant at that time. And then all of a sudden those two arrive and things turn quick. For sure. And then it catches fire. But this, I've never seen anything like this at a draft. Even, I would even say, uh, maybe the Derrick Rose draft. For the bulls felt this way a little bit but there still wasn't that certainty at one that there is with this one so it's i don't know it's it's exciting i can't wait i feel like we've been building the three of us have been building to this moment since we launched in march of 2022 and here it is finally
0: well i think we're just we are just so excited for for the city and for fans because it's just this is the fun stuff right this is the, and the building is the fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see how next team, next year's team is. And I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done to construct the full roster that will really be competing at a high level. But I think for fans to be able to see those early waves of talent and excitement in the future on the ice, I just think that's tremendously exciting. And it, and it, it will start to bring more people into this, into the team. And uh, it's going to be fun for everyone.
1: We know you have to go. We want to give you the opportunity if there's anything that we missed that you want to make sure people will know about.
0: Feel free. Did we release some tickets to the Salt Shed?
2: We released additional tickets today in okay. Chicago, so there's there's additional tickets available. If you're here in Nashville, come and join us. We're going to throw a great party. We're here to troll the Predators, by the way. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> It's not so, like they don't deserve
0: it. I mean. They don't care for us on a regular season game. Yeah. I think yeah. this is going to be uh, that, a little huh? bit irritating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those, but really those not. tears are going to be so
2: delicious <laughs> around <laughs> 6.04 <laughs> PM. Yeah. Correct. When That's they
0: announce correct. we're up on the on the, on the the draft, please uh, cheer loudly because yes. there might be another cheer <laughs> happening. We
2: would well. like our fans to be as obnoxious as possible. In Bridgestone, if you're listening, yeah. if you're going to be there, bring it. Sometimes
0: it's fun
3: to be the villain it is you know, yeah especially when you know what you mm-hmm. what's on the other end of it yeah. bring it on bring That's on all right. the hate yeah
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right jamie faulkner danny Words. thanks for taking the time to join us here we appreciate it thanks for watching the chgo blackhawks podcast
0: thanks guys